fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolf back. What's going on? Your boy, the Wolf of Rotary Street, RotaryJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. Here with your week six fantasy football recap, looking at all of your risers, your fallers, diving into all the usage, the snap counts, the target shares, everything that you guys need to learn from a pretty wild week six, especially from an injury perspective. We'll cover those as well and what that means for your rest of season rankings. I'll be updating those throughout the night. Was doing it before I got on here. You can find those updated rankings at rotostreetjournal.com. And as always, enjoy what you hear, that thumbs up button, shares, retweets, all that good stuff. Whether you're here live with us or catching the replay means the world. So thank you so much for being here. Let's dive right in, folks. As always, starting with the quarterback position. And of course, if you're live here, get your questions in. We'll always answer every single question we get live That's what our whole motto has been, and we'll try to answer every single comment. Can't promise real time, though, quite like this. So get on in, and if you want to make sure you're here for those, hit that bell and make sure you're ready to go. But again, thumbs up, shares, all that good stuff. Let's dive in to the quarterback position and start giving you everything that was meaningful. My most important storyline at quarterback, in my opinion, was Tua. 47 pass attempts in his first game back, 329 yards, two TDs, not overly efficient, when he made his first start since week two, but the fact that he wasn't limited at all, the fact that the coaching staff let this guy get out there and huck it 47 times tells you he is good to go. He's ready. He had 22 rushing yards, the most he's had this year. There really wasn't a very high bar there, but still a, a nice top 15-ish rest of season QB ranking for Tua. This all came granted without Devonte Parker, without Preston Williams, without Will Fuller. He still performed quite well. Yes, it was against the Jags. I get it. Let's not overreact. But good to see that type of usage, that many attempts for Tua. Um, I have him now above guys like Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold. Were they fantasy mirages just a couple weeks ago? They were both top six in fantasy points scored in the season, but both are crashing down to earth so far this year. Uh, Daniel Jones with three interceptions, almost lost a fumble as well, 242 yards, no TDs. Sam Darnold, not a whole lot better with 207 yards, one TD, one pick. Uh, and the first first pass of the game, it looks like these guys are crashing back down to earth. In particular, with the Panthers, Matt Rule said, we want to redefine who we are on offense, which means a commitment to establishing the run, peppering that. We'll talk about Chuba and eventually McCaffrey in a little bit, but that can't be good news for Darnold and these passing game weapons should they get more pass happy, I mean, a run heavy rather, moving forward. And you know maybe they won't subject him to so many hits. He was leading Sam Darnold, the NFL in goal line and red zone touchdowns and just rushing touchdowns in general. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case moving forward. On the opposite end, we did see Derek Carr, who I had below these guys coming into the week, vault up with yet another 300-plus yard day, 341 and two scores in the first game without Gruden. It was great to see this offense firing all cylinders, seeing this team just rally around their new interim head coach. That can always go one of two ways. That was a great positive to see in terms of all the Raiders' fantasy value moving forward to see them rally around their new coach and give one of the best efforts against a pretty good pass defense here 
for your Broncos. Nice to see there for the quarterbacks. Did want to mention Matt Stafford, just another four touchdowns. Ho hum. I mean, him and this McVay marriage has been beautiful. One of the MVP front runners every single week. They're going to kill it. And last but not least at QB, Justin Fields. I mean, we've shat on him plenty of times at this point. So it was good to see he's gotten over 10 fantasy points, ladies and gentlemen. It's over 13, actually, this week. Woo! Let's throw a parade. Let's celebrate Justin Fields, baby. But still, nonetheless, 43 yards, a career high. It seems like they're finally molding the offense. Go figure, Matt freaking Nagy, to his skill set. Uh, 174 passing yards, second most of the season. Still pretty pathetic. One touchdown as well going to Darnell Mooney, his preferred guy. He's now only has two touchdowns to two interceptions, averaging 140 pass yards. There's not a ton of juice right here, but we saw some things that lead you to believe maybe they keep leaning into that run a little bit more. Maybe let him go deep a little bit more. Uh, he missed Alan Robinson, a wide open streaking touchdown. So there's definitely still some progressions, some reads he's missing, still some rookie jitters, but this week he gets Tampa Bay. Another week they're going to need points. They're going to need to chase him. Could be intriguing to stash him and see if they continue to lean into those fantasy league-winning type of traits. So Konami upside there. We'll move on over to running backs. Just a reminder, guys, that thumbs up does help us get up to more people. Like, shares, retweets, all that good stuff. See about 10 questions so far. Get them all in there. Whether it's This is like the best show for trade value questions. This is where I'm really looking at a rest of season perspective. So trades, uh, Monday night questions, if you have any going into tonight, any of that good stuff. We will talk about it all. But let's talk about running backs. And I think i got to start with Dalvin Cook. Right back to my number two overall on the big board behind only King Henry. Cook saw 29 carries his first game back. 31 total touches because he added two receptions as well. 140 yards, one TD, five explosive runs. Right back to where he was. 66 of the 89 snaps. Only 12 snaps for Alexander Madison. 30 routes run for Dalvin Cook compared to nine for Madison. Two targets, 30 total carries. I mean, the guy was an absolute monster today. Workhorse. It was just great to see him. It wasn't eased in. It wasn't anything limited. Bam. As if he never missed a, a snap. And this was all against get 140 yards in TD and, and three receiving yards. All against the worst matchup for running backs. He's still eight. He killed it. That was a good front seven he demolished. The schedule after this bye gets a little bit easier too. Moving forward, Dalvin Cook. Uh, obviously, you got the injury concerns. Hopefully, you can add Madison as well to have that insurance. But at minimum, you at least know it wasn't like Madison's strong play has now forced a committee. This guy is top two running backs moving forward for me. A guy that's creeping up on there, though, Jonathan Taylor. Leads all running backs now with 10 rushing attempts inside the five-yard line, and he's finally starting to fall in the end zone. But he's also ripping off huge plays. 83-yard run, that's the longest of all running backs so far this year. And he's separating on the, the snap count, 31 compared to 11 for Hines and 9 for Mack. So nearly doubling up the total of the other two combined. That's great to see, as well as him running 14 routes compared to just six for Hines, two for Mack. So the most routes run, tied for team league and target, and of course the most carries. It still isn't like, it's hard to vault him over the Joe Mixons, and we're going to talk about him in a sec. These guys that are seeing 20-plus touches, we still aren't seeing that for Taylor, but he's become so damn efficient, plus the goal line volume is so just golden for this guy. Top 10 running back moving forward. Was a great buy low. We were raving about him a buy low a couple weeks ago. That window is slammed shut. But if anybody's trying to sell high on this, like, perceived just in, you know, this is sustainable efficiency, and he might get more usage moving forward. But we mentioned Joe Mixon. 94 yards, also five catches, 59 yards, and a TD through the air. That was the important part. 20.7% target share today for Mixon. That's his highest since week five of 2020. The fifth time in his career he's hit 20% target share. It was awesome to see. 
45 snaps of the 72. So a little bit of involvement for Chris Evans and Travion Williams, but they also had the lead. The Bengals did the entire game. They didn't need to demolish Mixon on the ground, but he did see 19-yard uh, routes run, 18 carries, five targets, a great workload for Mixon. Love to see it. Najee Harris, though, right into my top five at this point. 24 carries, six catches. This is Le'Veon Bell reincarnated, maybe even a little juicier at this point. If only the offense was as good as the one that Le'Veon Bell was in. Because Big Ben still sucks. But still, also 46 yards, another touchdown. He's become the unquestioned bell cow. And those are a very rare thing. So to see a rookie do this is just so damn impressive. As I said, right into my top five rest of the season running backs. The guy is killing it. Another big riser. It seems like we talk about him every week. He doesn't get the love he deserves right into my top 12 running backs. He, a locked-in running back one for me, Daryl Henderson of the Rams. 21 carries and uh, 78 yards TD, also seeing two catches for 29 yards, and yet another score. 25 fantasy points, his highest of the season. But more impressive is he has not been below 15 fantasy points on the year. He has not been worse than the running back 20 so far this year. And he just saw 82% of the snaps, 93% of the carries, He's the every down back in one of the league's best attacks and one of the most historically productive Sean McVay's run scheme has been a dynamite factory for running backs. And it's looking like he is a seamless glove-like fit better than he looked last year, every down back on lock unless he gets hurt. And that, of course, is the rub. There is that risk with him. He has gotten dinged up quite regularly in the past. So that's why Sony Michelle still a must hold, but Michelle clearly just a, a handcuff at this point, no benefits to that handcuff other than random ass weeks. He falls in the end zone. This is the Daryl Henderson show. Uh, and he has to be considered a top 12 in RB one moving forward as does Deandre Swift for me, 13 carries 24 yards and a TD, not overly efficient five catches for 43 on seven targets, leading the team with that. What was more impressive and what was more why this guy's a riser is Williams continues to dwindle. Four carries for 11, one reception for negative two yards. We saw a swift play, 49 snaps compared to 19 for Jamal Williams. That's nearly 80% of the snaps. This guy, DeAndre Swift, has been among the most efficient backs per touch this year. Last year was the most important, uh, efficient fantasy points per touch back, and all it is is skyrocketing. Now, in terms of efficiency, but more so in terms of volume, Leonard Fournette, Maybe the single biggest pure riser uh, in value right now. 22 carries, 81 yards, and two scores. But more impressively, six receptions and 46 additional yards through the air. Running 20 routes compared to just 10 for Gio Bernard. Seeing six targets compared to just two for Gio Bernard. That was what was so impressive. Yes, it was. we knew when you know Bernard was going to miss time, Fournette would become the three-down de facto back. This was insane, though, to see that. 47 of the team's 75 snaps. And honestly, I think it could have been even higher if this was a tight game. Um, I loved everything I'm seeing from Fournette in a perspective, a user's perspective, but also just efficiency, looking good. Super Bowl Lenny is kind of just starting to grind this out and look as the, the guy that thrives for people in the playoffs. Good to see Fournette uh, right up there into my top 14 running backs. A, a low-end, maybe even mid-range RB1 at this point, given how explosive this offense is. Big follower was Antonio Gibson. Four side of action, 44 yards and a fumble. He's been among the bigger busts this year, but also in and out now with the shin injury. We don't know if it's going to cost him time. Honestly, I hope it does so he just rests and maybe can get this thing healthy because that was a nightmare watching him come in, come out, come in, come out, onto the bike, into the game, onto the bike. It was a mess. It was a mess. It, it's awful. McKissick, meanwhile, did see he's only 42% rostered for you guys out there in waiver wires as well. Eight carries, 45 yards. 
adding eight catches for 65. There's what you'd like to see. Nearly 15% target share compared to just 6% for Gibson on the season right now since week one. So 16 total touches for McKissick. And it, it does seem if Gibson goes down, it might become even more so. He was playing nearly all the snaps. Now, granted, they were behind 36 snaps compared to 23 for Gibson, 23 route runs to 12 for Gibson. Um, so if he does miss time, maybe Jarrett Patterson only played two snaps, but did see some carries there. Could also become an ad. So track these guys, but Gibson falling down pretty hard on the rest of the season big board with these injury concerns and certainly the usage concerns that just continue to plague him. Now, what to do with the Browns? Kareem Hunt is expected to miss several games, according to Ian Rappaport. I don't know exactly how seven, what several means. Is that the IR stint? Is that six games? Is that more? Either way, should Nick Chubb be healthy? And I know he missed this last week, but let's say he gets back on the field as early as this week. I would only rank Dalvin Cook and uh, Derrick Henry above him rest of season. <laughs> That's how good this guy is. He's great as a receiver too. He's been underutilized. If he has the every down role within this run attack, nobody's going to be better than him other than those two. And maybe even those two won't top him. I do think they'll maintain some form of committee given the injury situation. I think Demetric Felton would play like a Kareem Hunt light role. Dearness would spell him for a carrier too during the games. But this would become the Chubb show. So monitor his health. Let's see how he's looking because he could be a number number three on my big board rest of the season overall should he have this role to himself. And meanwhile, those other two running backs become intriguing fantasy ads. This is where it gets tricky. We're going to move into some running back twos, some backup running backs in a second. How do you rank them on a rest of season big board? I can't pretend like I have this great answer. You've got to judge when is the expected timetable. Is this guy going to stay involved even when um, the starter is back? So let's talk about some of those guys. Chuba Hubbard, 16 carry, 61 yard in the score. Of all the backups, I feel most comfortable bumping him up a good margin because we know McCaffrey's missing at least two more games, probably more given the way he dragged out last year. He's gotten his bag. He's just mailing. I, I mean, this sucks. It sucks. He's played six games since 2019. I, who can pretend like we know what this guy's going to do? But uh, since he's gone down, Chuba's seen an 81, 88, and 94% rushing share, and he's averaged 10.2% target share. After the first week where it was a dud, 5%, he's seen that jump to 15% or more across the last couple of weeks to balance out that average. Not so bad for him. Finding the end zone with regularity, as we said with Sam Darnold, they're looking to establish the run more consistently as their new identity. So big upgrade for Chuba moving forward. Big upgrade if he's healthy for Alex Collins. 20 carries, 101 in a TD. Uh, three explosive runs only behind, um, I believe, Dalvin Cook for his explosive runs this week. Great stuff. 16 fancy points against one of the best rundies in the league, allowing the third fewest fancy points to backs. Coming into that, great performance, but he did pick up a, a hip and glute injury that you need to make sure you're tracking. But if he's if he's fine, you're locking this guy into your line up until Carson returns. Now, Penny's going to come back soon, but let's see Penny make it through a game before we overreact to that, huh? And worth adding, worth stashing, okay? But Carson's at least going to miss two more. That neck thing feels real sketchy. And if Collins is playing this well, I don't think they're going to run Carson back. Uh, and then it becomes an ugly committee, and then both might be hideous. Who knows? But for now, Car Collins in my top 30-ish backs, given his nice burst for these bye weeks, unless he's, he's badly hurt. Daryl Williams above him. 21 rushes, another guy with a, a guy on the IR in front of him. 21 carries, 62 yards, not overly efficient by any means, but the two scores were sexy. The overall workload was sexy. Seeing 74% of the running back share, 6% target share. That was 
Clyde Hilaire on the season. We just saw Darrell Williams take 87.5% running back share. He was the every down back, 8% target share, 8.7, almost 9% target share as well. Great, great usage. More than we've seen from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all year. And until Hilaire is back, you're going to get yourself a low-end RB1, mid, you know, at worst a high-end RB2, like this guy, Daryl Williams, moving forward despite the inefficiency. I love what I saw from Khalil Herbert. 19 carries, 97 in a TD. The thing is, is David Montgomery's towards the, the end of his IR stint. No rumbling jet if he's healthy and he's ready to go. But they're now probably not going to rush him back. Uh, he does get the uh, Tampa Bay team, Herbert, and then it's probably back to the bench for Montgomery. So I'm not overreacting to Herbert, but it's great to see in dynasty-wise an intriguing stash for sure. Uh, just these backup running backs and Booker, you know, how what what's he going to be? Obviously, the, the least impressive of all the stats, but the usage has been incredible. 82.1% rushing share across the last two weeks with Barkley out, 9.6% target share, 54 snaps of the 75, 28 route run, uh, 12 carries to just three for Elijah Penny. I mean, and this was with the team trailing, so they could have been even more had they needed him. No end zone visit. That's kind of become his his gold mine is every time he starts, he scores. Did not happen this week, but usage is there. The guy will continue Booker to ride that out. Uh, so just some intriguing notes on these backup guys. If Collins is out, we did see some interesting stats from DJ Dallas. He went uh, five catches on 32 uh, for 32 yards on his five targets. <laughs> Pathetic. Uh, in terms of just rushing, didn't do anything. 17 yards, four carries. I guess a, a decent efficiency clip here. But he could become the de facto guy should Collins be hurt while Carson is out as well. So make sure you're checking for DJ Dallas as we wait a word on uh, Collins' injuries. Something to note there for sure. Uh, Penny, again, going to be back. So another guy to stash there as well. The last backfield I want to touch on is the, the Ravens. <laughs> what is happening there? Latavius Murray did get hurt, did exit the game, was the guy. And then the final halfback counts is Murray 26, Bell 22, Freeman 21, all three of them finding the end zone at some point. They are just tossing some shit against the wall, and it's sticking. Whoever it is that's getting the carries, that's what this offense is with Lamar creating those cutback lanes, with Greg Roman's run, just create the most creative run attack you'll ever see. It's whoever goes in there. You can find these corpses, and they are corpses at this point, and they're thriving. It's crazy. I don't know that you'll ever find someone to trust. If Murray's out and Tyson gets called up and he gets some work again, he's always looked like the best guy. I don't understand what's happening there. So he gets a little bit more juice. Freeman's been a little bit more involved in the receiving game, and Bell's just kind of the wild card. All of them are worse stashes, though, given how productive this backfield is, even if it is a headache till something emerges. But if something does emerge, it's going to be nice each and every week. So I wanted to toss out the usage for them. Just a couple quick followers I wanted to talk, talk to about, too, is Miles Gaskin. Just god-awful. Five carries, nine yards, two catches for five. Ew. Malcolm Brown had equal snaps, just about the same amount of routes run, more, uh, just about the carries. Salvin Ahmed led the team in carries despite seeing the fewest snaps. Just a, a complete horror show. 25 for Brown, 25 snaps for Gaskins, 19 for Salvin. Just a complete three-headed shit show. How do you find figure out what is going to happen with Gaskin? He goes 31 points, probably on your bench because you're facing Tampa Bay. The week before, you probably had him in in a soft matchup, and he had none. So you benched him, you get 31. You put him back in because he earned your trust, and he gets 2.5. I kind of want to cut him. I just want to be done with this experience. I don't really have him anywhere, but I get so many set-star questions, I'll never go with him ever again. Miles Sanders, I don't know if if he's a faller or not. The usage is is very discouraging. He's a faller, and that's just nine carries and two receptions, so 11 touches, just another down week. Uh, But 
the gains. I mean, he went for 56 yards on his nine carries, 5, 11, 6, 23 yards, 14 yards. The crowd is going wild, mocking the Eagles for not establishing this run as good as he looks. He outtouched Gainwell 11 to 1. That was good to see. He played over 80% of the snaps compared to just 23% for Gainwell. He's kind of taken over the backfield, but does that matter for the Eagles' backfield with Sanders here? The usage is just so damn low, but he does have a great easy slate coming up. I think he is a great buy low, given himself the, the fact that he's kind of I, monopolized the snaps, monopolized the touches, it seems, moving forward. If he, if the coaching staff just finally wakes up and sees this is one of your best players, let's feed him the goddamn rock, then maybe just maybe we'll see him rise. So I think he's a great buy low right now, Miles Sanders. Chase Edmonds, though, not so much. I, I'm hating what's happening here. 41 snaps went to James Conner, who is one of the bigger risers this week, who also ran 11 routes compared to 12 routes for Edmonds. Edmonds also seeing only 28 snaps. He did have four catches. He still remains efficient with four carries, 46 yards, more explosive, but three receptions for four yards, seven touches compared to what did we see for Connor? <laughs> 16 with a couple catches as well. I mean, good Lord. Edmonds a big follower this week. He was kind of a, in that nice RB2 tier. No longer. No interest. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Last running back I want to touch upon is Javante Williams. I want to keep recommending this guy as a buy low because he just looks so damn good. That 30-yard hurtling beastly run. But yet, 14 carries to 13 touches for Melvin Gordon. Gordon putting up 50 yards, compared to 53 for Javante. Like, he just can't shake the guy. If an injury doesn't happen, I don't know really who will shake the guy. And then you got Mike Boone coming back. I, I don't know. It's getting sketchier. I love the player. Love the talent. Don't know that I can continue to be all in on him. Let's hit wide receivers very quick on tight ends right after that. That's to all your questions. we got 20 so far. Get them all in, Wolfpack. Get some more questions for me. Trades, any sit starts for the remainder of this week. Guys, you just want me to talk about. Let me know. Happy to do so. And, of course, that thumbs up helps us get out to more people, share it, get this thing growing. seems like the, the audience has been growing through the show. I love to see that. Uh, so thank you guys again for being here for this recap. Let's continue forward here with wide receivers. We mentioned Tua was a big riser as a passer. Well, his weapons certainly benefited. We'll talk about Waddle first. We'll get to Gasecki when we get to tight ends. But Waddle, 10 catches on 13 targets. Love to see it. Seven D yards and two TDs. Beautiful performance. This guy is the alpha. Yes, there was no Parker. Yes, there was no Fuller or Preston Williams. There was nobody else to throw to. Still nice to see him lead the team in targets. Uh, to his first game back, that rapport getting uh, their wings under them here. And we still haven't seen Waddle go deep, which is one of his biggest strengths. I wonder if they'll start to uncork that more as their season winds down the tubes. Another rookie that looked pretty impressive was Bateman. Now, four catches, 29 yards. The final stats don't wow in the least, but led the team in receiver targets with six, more than Marquise Brown in his first game. So I uh, ran a, a route on 67% of the dropbacks even though he played some limited snaps, was eased in. And he just looked good, making catches in traffic, going after the catch, looking pretty solid. Just the promising signs that the final stats won't show, but at 28% rostered, one of my favorite pickups to, to sprint after and go get. Could see him emerge as the alpha in this offense. Uh, it could be bad news for Hollywood. I think Hollywood will still have that deep ball. He, he's been killing it all year. I, I, I'm not too worried about him, but I think Bateman's going to bring a new element to this attack. And it was clear he just belongs on the NFL field. Is what you want to see in the first game. Would have loved more stats too, sure. But I love to see 67% route participation on limited snaps. Uh, great stuff. Watkins could return and complicate things in a couple weeks, but I, I feel like Bateman showed enough to be there. 
We saw St. Brown see again, 22%, another rookie, 22% target share. Uh, he's seen seven or more targets in three straight weeks. He's led the team in targets three straight weeks. For two of those three weeks, he had over 13 fantasy points. This week was a bit of a dud, but he's become the go-to guy. They're talking about wanting to ramp up his role throughout the year. Intriguing stuff. We did see Adam Thielen, you know, the TDs we always have come to expect, but 11 catches. Back to that target hog role, a little more slot usage. I I mean, maybe a sell high, given that he had two back-to-back duds coming into this one, but he's still just steady. And Cousins, when he has these types of games, is clearly looking for him. A guy I am even more confident in steady usage, but I'd prefer to own Thielen, of course, but Sterling Shepard, first game back, 14 targets. You know, right back to over 25% of the target share, 76 yards on 10 catches, nothing crazy, but PPR leagues, obviously, that's a nice, sexy stat line. We do want to mention that this happened with Tony out of the, the game for most of it. The first drive, Tony was looking like the true alpha. So his injury was going to play into this. We'll see what his ultimate diagnosis is. But Shepard is the security blanket. They love him out of the slot there. Um, beautiful performance from him. The guy I am, I'd rather have Tony, assuming he's healthy for sure. But they're neck and neck in my rest of the season big board. Um, great to see Shepard walk right back into a monstrous workload and just a steady PPR wide receiver too. And he's also available in 49% of leagues. Like a lot of people dropping him when he got hurt. Go check your waiver and see if he's out there. I do love Callaway moving forward. I know he didn't play this week, but just a reminder, last time out, four catches, 85 yards, and two TDs. Beautiful to see. But also they're saying Michael Thomas, we'll talk about him in the injuries, is still a few games away. Well, we're seeing Callaway emerges the alpha. They hyped him up to be throughout camp these last few weeks. And now he gets Seattle, fifth most points to receivers. Tampa Bay, the second most to receivers. Atlanta and Tennessee, both bottom 10. Tennessee being the most points to wide receivers. So it depends on how long this lasts, but especially with Harris having a potential absence for a while, we should see Callaway dominate this deep role. And Winston just slinging it down the field. I'd love to have him in my lineups moving forward. And at only 34% rostered. One of my favorite guys on the waiver wire. We'll talk about him more tomorrow, but go out and get him. Another deep threat, though, that you should look for. I prefer Callaway, but T.Y. Hilton looked like he had never missed a step coming right back in for four catches and 80 yards, both leading the team. <laughs> yes, Paris Campbell, he got dinged up, but still great to see Hilton looking as fresh and spry as ever. Multiple chunk gains was a little bit of a downfall for Pittman. Three targets, two catches, 35 yards after a- acting as the true alpha before Hilton was there. I think Pittman will get back rolling. They didn't need to throw much given this was against the the Texans and they had the lead all day on that pathetic team. I could, I I think, you know, who to own if it's one or the other, it's definitely Pittman, but Hilton's out there in, you know, only 39% rostered right now. I would go look and see if he's there because it looks like him and Wentz have a a good bond already on those deep balls, uh, which they talked about throughout camp. So, that hype is coming to fruition early and often. Just wanted to point out that another 14-target day for Cortland Sutton. We do know Judy is going to be coming back soon. Still, 14 targets, 8 catches, 94 yards, and a score. Still among the NFL leaders in air yards. Should have had another huge downfield 50-plus yard score uh, if Bridgewater hadn't missed him. Just a monster. We talked about having Sutton above Judy coming into the year. It looked like that would have been wrong if Judy had stayed healthy, but now it's panning out. Sutton has been a beast for almost every single week this year. Uh, and I think he'll remain a beast. I'm not worried about when Judy comes back. I know Judy's going to get his his share too, but I don't think it's going to come at the expense of Sutton. It'll probably be the expense of uh, Timmy Patrick or something of that nature. Did want to mention to Deontay Johnson now in my top 12 
a true locked in wide receiver one, another 13 target day. I mean, the most guaranteed volume you could ever imagine. Nine catches, 71 yards, no touchdown, but still beautiful. Jamar Chase, one of the best deep ball receivers we might ever see. The, the best this year, leading the NFL in all meaningful deep ball stats in terms of targets, in terms of catches, in terms of catching, you know, percentage, yardage, all of it, touchdowns. The guy is leading the NFL in everything deep and he's become the clear alpha here for them. And that's going to have a down effect on Tyler, especially Tyler Boyd. One catch for seven yards. He's now been under five half PPR points in three of the four games he's played with T Higgins. 15% target share, 31% target share, 13% target share, 10% target share. That's Tyler Boyd's target shares. Only one of them <laughs> even crossed 15% in the games where all of the wide receivers are there. Again, that one game was okay, but three of four have been abysmal. I think Boyd is cuttable. Higgins is a decent downfall too, only 44 yards. Still so active in the red zone, not overly concerned, but definitely a downfall for him. Last receiver I do want to mention is a riser though, Antonio Brown. I mean, you can't rank him as if he's like below Godwin and Evans in a distant different tier. I have him bang, 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 bang in my rankings. Probably for Godwin the most, but I mean, maybe AB. AB might be the most valuable of these Bucks receivers. 13 targets, certainly led the way. Nine catches, 93 and a TD. I feel just like he's the the one you can be most confident in each and every week. He runs the routes that fit Brady's style a little bit better. When he's out there, he's just going to do well. He plays the, the fewest snaps of the guys, but sees the most targets for every time he's out there. Love Antonio Brown. Top 15 guy, easy moving forward rest of the season. Shouldn't get any more set starts about him. No more. He's in your lineups. Let's stop, people. Uh, and I always recommend to play him every time you guys give it to him, but we don't need that anymore. Down, we got to think about these Seattle re- receivers. Tyler Lockett, two catches, 35 yards. Ugh, disgusting. It seems like he's going to be hurt more. Wasn't like it was a great day for DK. Six catches for 58 yards. A little more productive than Lockett, but still, the Geno Smith effect was in full effect. Uh, we do think Russell Wilson, they're, they're saying bad by week 10. So, you know, three or so more weeks of missed time. Should be right back for there. So you got a stomach of two to three more weeks. It, it could hurt. I think Metcalf, though, certainly still locked in the lineups. Lockett's going to become more of a sit-start moving forward, just about by, by wide receiver 30. I think it could be okay. You know, Gino did make some decent throws, but Lockett, that, that deep ball, he definitely seemed reluctant to, to load him up there. Also down, we mentioned the Boyd situation, but Claypool, the hell, first full game without Juju, 17 yards on seven targets, just two catches. Very inefficient. Him and Big Ben just don't have that connection that Deontay and him have. I do think he makes a decent buy low. Uh, but uh, you'd think against a bad secondary with no Juju after a, a blow-up target share when Juju got hurt, it was bad. Not what you wanted to see from Claypool. He should have kept the good times rolling, and he didn't. Terry McLaurin did have four catches for only 28 yards. Awful, awful stuff. Yeah, he's fine, but I'll have him blow all the bucks, including Antonio Brown moving forward. Right on that fringe too, Mike Williams, maybe it's injury. Two catches, 27 yards. He rested on the sideline for most of the game. Maybe he was just kind of a scarecrow, you know, a, a decoy out there. He He's had both of his shitty games. There have been moments where it's like he drops or was overshot on like 45-yard touchdowns. So we could be looking at a guy that just kills it. But it's a reminder that as good as this Alpha X is, it, the role has been great for his production this year. He has a little bit of a lower floor than a lot of these top 12 guys. Saw trades like, digs for Mike Williams throughout the week. I mean, that's crazy. I would give me the dig side every day. And clearly this is why 
Good news for Allen Robinson, 53 yards, season high. Bad news for Allen Robinson, 53 yards is a season high. <laughs> Four catches, pathetic. Should have had a, a huge touchdown, but nope. One touchdown on the year. He's been outside the top 40 right receivers every single week, including this one. 9.3 PPR was his second highest of the season. His high is 10.4. Just a, a big of a bust that you can ask for this year. Maybe the bust of the year at this point. Robert Woods, one of the last receivers I want to mention, just the Rams guys in general. Woods had two receptions today. Yes, one of them went for a touchdown. That's nice. But after seeing 14 targets and 12 catches, this was a concern. Was it just one squeaky wheel game? Let's get him happy, and then we'll go back to our alpha. Well, they started this week. Nine for 12 for Cooper Cup, 130 and two TDs. Top three receiver, clearly. He, he always was, still is, just reminding you guys of that. But Woods, what, what's happening now? 68 targets to, for Cup, 44 for Woods. Painful. Uh, uh, the entire 2020 season, he had two games with three or fewer receptions. He now has three games already this year. Backseat, clear. It's clear he's in the backseat. Let's move on to tight ends. Mike Gusecki, by far my, my favorite riser. First game back with Tua. Eight catches, 115 yards. Big play after big play. 70% of snaps as well. That's one of the highest he's ever seen in his career. He does not, he has no touchdowns, but yard after yard after big play. 40 yards in every game since that week one shutout. It's the Falcons coming up. He's seen 25%, 20%, 17.9, and 19.1% target share across his last four games. He's been a top seven tight end in three of his last four games, and he's a top seven tight end moving forward on my big board. Love Mike Gusecki. Also, Noah Fant, though, maybe even higher than him. Since Alberto went to the IR, first game with that, I mean, great first effort here for Noah Fant. 11 targets behind only Cortland Sutton in target share this week. Uh, catching nine of them for 97 yards and a score. Beautiful effort for him. 15 targets across these last couple of games. Strong tight end one gets the Browns that are not good against tight ends on Thursday. Love that play. Ricky Seals-Jones, 100% of snaps, nearly 100%, uh, 95% route participation this last couple of weeks. 58 yards, one TD on four catches, so elite usage, and he's getting it done. Nice 38-yard after the catch run for that score. Very solid top 12 tight end until Logan T is back. And last but not least, just noting that seven targets, seven catches for Fryermuth of the Steelers, clearly far ahead of Ebron uh, in terms of snaps, in terms of targets, in terms of everything, ability. 58 yards, no score, a little bit of a concern. But, uh, you know, it is it is a Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson offense. Claypool a little bit more too. So I don't know if you're going to kick steady production from Fryermuth. But at a shit show position, if this continues to rise, a good stash for your tight end. Because he is behind Pitts, the second best tight end of this class. Uh, very intriguing. We mentioned a bunch of these injuries throughout the broadcast, but just to remind you, Cream Hunt is expected to miss several weeks. Could make Nick Chubb a top three running back moving forward. If he's out, it could make Demetric Felton and Darius Johnson uh, very solid streams until they're back, given how productive the scheme is. We did see um, Odell Beckham exit the game, but he did return, didn't practice on Monday, but he was back in the game, as was Tyree Kill, who exited, came back. So those guys you don't have to be concerned about. I am a little concerned that Trey Lance is not participating. After a bye week, still not resting. Um, that I mean, still not practicing, still having to rest. That's a concern. Jimmy Garoppolo, meanwhile, returning to practice. So I get a lot of questions. Is Trey Lance droppable at this point? Probably. Uh, it depends on you know bye week crunches and how deep your bench is and all that stuff. You might be able to put him in the IR too if he's missing time. That would be nice. 
I still believe in him to be a season winner down the stretch. So I'd love to hold him if I could, but at this point, if you need to fill a crunch, if you, if you know, you need a, especially two QB leagues, those type of things, he can be cut. He can be cut. Uh, and, and I won't hold it against you because even in the start, you know, yes, second best, third best rushing game of all QBs this year, the upside was flashed, but he took a lot of shots. Uh, it, it's no guarantee. Uh, but the, the end of the season schedule is so juicy. We mentioned Michael Thomas still a couple of weeks away. So he has to be activated. Uh, doesn't have to, but should be activated in week eight, week nine. Uh, but it's still going to be a little bit away. I don't think they're going to force it. They are 31st in passing yards per game, so they certainly could use him. Uh, but until then, I think Callaway, Kamara, we saw Kamara just start to uptick his receiving work. I do think Thomas is going to walk right in and be a, a monster. So go buy low on this guy, well, especially if his, his owner is struggling here. Another guy coming off the, the IR soon is Jerry Judy. Had like eight targets in this first half <laughs> before going down. But I, I love what Sutton's doing. I do think Judy's going to take a little while to reemerge the guy. But, you know, he's going to be a low-end two, high-end three as soon as he's back. So see if he's been dropped anywhere. Uh, Rashad Penny's going to be activated. Just in time with Collins going down with a hip and glute injury, did not play in overtime. He was the workhorse, 20 touches, 101 yards, and the score. But we'll see what happens here with this backfield. Um, Antonio Gibson went in MRI. We don't know anything yet, but he was in and out cycling on the bike. Yeah, great. Love to see that. Uh, we'll see how long his absence is going to be because it is a pretty lost season here for the football team. Wonder if they'll try to see what they have in Jarrett Patterson. This rookie was so impressive in the preseason. Should be one of the priority waiver ads if we get word that Gibson's going to miss serious time. And then Tony ruled out very early in the first drive. Three catches, 30 yards, was looking like a monster right from the start. And then, you know, one of the most exciting players right now does get knocked out. Uh, so that's on the track. It was immediate ruled out. That's not a good sign, but we don't know anything further yet. It looks like it was a re-aggravation of something he had already injured. So... Keep these injuries in mind as we move forward. Alrighty, folks, that's all I got for season-long risers followers. Let me know if you think I missed any. We don't need that intro, but we do need our mailbag. So let's get to your questions, ladies and gentlemen. Ethan Pugh, what up? You think Dawson Knox is good for seven full PPR points? He should be. I mean, this year he's had that in every single week. We're talking about Dawson Knox here. Like, I think we're all getting very comfortable, as we should be. He's a tight end, too, heading into this week. I mean, he's been great. Tight, most touchdowns among tight ends. Like, he should find the end zone again. The Titans are the best team against tight ends. I don't know why. I don't know how. But they are. I think you're good for it. I just don't want to lose sight of the fact that entering the year, he was undrafted. Last year, he was, you know, at two or three games above seven, and that was it. But I, I feel good about him getting seven, yes. I think you're going to get 12 from him. But it is Dawson Knox. I don't want to, like, let's not lose sight of the fact that this guy was not a steady lock like he is right now. But his role has changed. He's, he's participating in 80% of the routes. Like, I think you're good. I think you're good, Ethan. Oh, and three week. Oh, God, Schneider. I don't know what's happening, man. That just sucks. Got Manny Sanders and Bills D still to play, but I've already won. Hell yeah, Frazier. Six and oh. That's what I love to hear from Scotland crushing it. Uh, next week is tough and waiver doesn't have great. Well, we'll be here tomorrow, Frazier, if you're free. Uh, giving you all the waiver wire guys you need to. And there's a lot of injuries, so there might be Browns running backs, Jarrett Patterson. Could be some plays for you to fill into those bye weeks. What up, Denny? Great to see you. Mike Clay, Tua against Atlanta. That's a good bye week fill-in. Yeah, especially with 
the Heineke crap in his pants. I think two is the play. Yeah, definitely. Zephyrico, what up? Sup? Emiliano, need Henry to score 23? If there's anybody to bet 23 for, it's definitely Derek, but this is a good Bills defense all around. I'd be a little nervous about game flow, but they also might be without McNichols, and he might just catch a million balls too. So we'll see there. Murray for Allen straight up. Should I take it? I'd rather have Josh Allen. He's my rest of season QB1 at this point, Mitch. The Wolf, best in the game. Yeah, 6-0 for the dance teacher. That's what I love to hear, Seamus. Good stuff. Call me crazy, but I like Aira. <laughs> keep talking yourself into him, Mike. You keep telling me. Tell me the narrative. Speak, Talk dirty to me about A-Rob so I can get all horny and put him in my lineups. Mike, I'm not doing it for you anymore. I haven't been doing it for you. I'm not going to this week. Tampa Bay, sure. Negative game script, easiest. No, I'm done. I've been done. You should have been done a while ago. No more trying to listen to this dirty talk about A-Rob. There's no more. There's no more of it. He's on the bench so he does anything. May start him as well. Uh, who are you talking about? Tua? Oh, probably Tua is my guess. So, yeah, good luck with that start, Mitch. I think against Atlanta, definitely a viable play. 34 from Henry and Knox tonight. I know that today is going to be one of the days Henry gets here. Zephyrica, I hope not for your sake, but the Bills have stifled the run and stifled everything. I, I think they're going to go in there and just destroy the Titans, um, which makes me nervous about Henry. I do think Knox gets you a nice 15, so you'd only need about 20 from Henry, but I don't know. I put this at about 35% chance of winning because I just, in most weeks, that'd be a 50 50. I think this Bills defense is really damn good, though. So we'll see. But best of luck, Zephyrica. I hope you get what you need. I think AJ Bree's going to prove you wrong. Hey, face, I hope so. Benched him for Collins yesterday due to him popping up questionable, and it probably won me. Hey, you asked that question. I remember that one. We told you to do it. I'm glad that worked out for you. Um, but AJB, yeah, I, I, maybe he'll prove me wrong. If you can't get it done against the Jags with no Julio, you think you're going to get it done when Julio returns against the Bills giving up the fewest two, two receivers? Face, I'll take that action all day. I, I don't think he gets it done. No, not even close. And that's going to be on a snap count. Come on. Magic Mike, <laughs> what's going on? Would you trade Jonathan Taylor for Barkley? I'd probably rather have Taylor at this point. Barkley's injury concerns, uh, I'm, I'm good to avoid that. I'm good to avoid that. Give me Taylor. He's catching more. He's running more routes, catching more balls. Normally, the PPR would be a huge edge for Barkley, but I'm worried about that health. Unless you have Barkley and Booker, then it, then it becomes more intriguing. Trade Chase and Julio for Ridley and Chuba. You own CMC. I I don't like Julio. It doesn't that means nothing to me? So it's kind of like Chase for Ridley and Chuba. I get I get that you know Julio's not just trash. I don't know. I believe in Ridley enough. I love Chase FCJR. This does make a lot of sense for your team. I'd probably do this, but I would be begrudgingly doing it because I love Jamar Chase. You got a little bias. Come on. I mean, <laughs> no shot. He doesn't miss multiple. He's already missed his games, Mike. He's already missed his games. But yes, of course I have bias. But look how damn good he did. Against the hardest technical matchup on paper. He's killing it. I definitely want to get that Madison. Uh, should you trade me? No. I, unless you really need that help. If it's really thin for you, then okay. But otherwise, I'd be holding Madison, I mean, as tight as I could. <laughs> Just traded Hertz and Connor for Josh Allen. Tired of sweating for three quarters. Uh, for Hertz, it's kind of like that Tim Tebow effect, you know, very minimal impact. And then bam, he does uh 20 points in the third or the fourth rather. Um, but I like that trade for you. I, I think Hertz and Connor, like I think Connor, you're selling high on Josh Allen, the QB of one of mine. I, I like it. Uh, but as we were talking about Matt Feeney, I did like uh, a couple people bringing up Tua. 
against Atlanta. I do like that. I think Matt Ryan on the other side of that ball is solid as well. I haven't made my rankings yet this week, though, so I can give you a better estimate on Wednesday we do our ranking show. We'll we can talk about it then. Uh, for Miles, Lane Johnson's coming back. That absolutely is going to be good. That's a good point, Mitch. That could help open up more lanes for him. Josh Jacobs or Sanders PPR rest of the season. I'd prefer Sanders, just juicier talent. Uh, Jacobs, I mean, the offense did look good for Jacobs, but then they got Drake going off. They got Barber back. That feels like a nightmare to me. What up, Jack? 0-3, oh, 3-3. And three, three and three. Yeah, three straight wins. I love to hear it, my man, Jack. Let's go. Herbert on body, you start Fields or look to waivers? I wouldn't start Fields yet, no. I would look to Tua uh, or Matt Ryan or something of that nature. So, yeah, I, I love to hear the turnaround, though. And thanks again. I remember that super chat the other day. It was much appreciated, brother. Mitch Chavez, Sirian doesn't run the ball. He is a joke. I agree, Danny Jennings. Why? I don't know. Everybody's calling for more runs. Everybody. Miles Sanders clearly deserves it. Let's hope Sirianni wakes the fuck up. Would you trade Dak, DJ Moore, and Edmonds for Lamar, Lamb, and Carter? I would. Yeah, I like Lamar over Dak in a vacuum. I like Lamb over DJ Moore in a vacuum. Edmonds and Carter are just kind of bleh to me. So, yeah, I would do that, MJ. I would. I'm up three points. He has Bills D. It's been popping off. They have. And you have Diggs. Uh, you are you should win this, Bokey. That would be a bad beat. I'd give you like an 80% chance of taking this down. The Bills D has been crushing it. Uh, Bills fan, I'm, I'm sure you are excited for that until our Pats come in. Slap you right now. Yeah. The days of old. <laughs> the days of old. Uh, Diggs is going to kill it tonight, though. I have a feeling Diggs is going to blow up tonight. I'd give you a 95% chance because I think Diggs is going to have himself a field day. The more you and your fans push it, that may change. Yeah, continue to push it, please, Denny. Please push that at you. Wolf, it's now Fitz, Winston, Fields, Cousins, and now Heineke. You are the curse, 909. Holy crap. I would have said Heineke was the lock for like 25 last week. I should have known. You should have told me, 909, you were starting Heineke. I played him in all my DraftKings lineups. You got to tell me these things. Tell me who you're going next week so I make sure to avoid them. Tell the Wolfpack who you're planning to go so none of us use him. 909, I don't know what has happened, what this curse is. You need to cut off a finger or sacrifice a, a young animal. I don't know what you got to do. But 909, you got to turn this shit around. This, this is bad. Burn some sage around your house. Clear that air. As long as Hertz keeps getting me 25. Yeah, he, he's that's really what's killing Sanders is the touchdown. Completely uh, minimized touchdown upside at this point. Again, guys, that thumbs up helps us get out to more people. It would be so appreciated. And again, uh, get your all your questions in. Turn on the bell. Make sure you're subbed so you don't miss a chance to get all your questions answered live. I do my best to answer all the comments, but I don't get to them all. Uh, it's so damn busy this year. So if you want a guaranteed answer, get here. Turn on the bells. Be here live. Uh, but if you're catching the replay, thanks so much. And I'll do my best to get to your question and comment. Do you think Judy will take away from Fant and Patrick enough to be a concern? Yeah, of course he is. He had eight targets the first game. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think more so for Patrick. I think, you know, Fant is going to be running his own routes. But Patrick's going to go to the clear third behind Sutton, Judy, maybe in the fourth behind Fant there too. So it's going to be a tough hit, uh, in my opinion, yeah. 14-team PPR. You have Kelsey and Waller. Ooh, I would shop getting rid of Waller for sure. Um, you could set and forget, but that just locks you in. And like, I would rather have the depth at a, a non-onesie position. I'd rather get a good running back, a good receiver. See what you can get for Waller. I absolutely would try to. Judy going to be a monster? I sure could, Mike. I mean, he was looking like an absolute monster. Um, so yeah, I, I, I could totally see that. But Sutton's so damn good too. Traded Thielen for MT. Oh, why'd you do that, 909? I think you told me you were doing that, and I was kind of chastising you for it. I don't like that. 
Mike Clay, I hope so. Yeah, uh, in terms. Knox or Sanders DFS for Anthony Fella. I prefer Sanders. I think Sanders is going bananas tonight. Most points allowed to wide receivers. You think Diggs for Henderson is a good trade? I prefer Diggs myself, Eat Powder. I think he's coming in today, and he's going to go nuts. Um, but Henderson, man, he is such a steady wide receiver. One, if you're desperate, I run it back one rather. If you if you have good receiver depth, it's not. This is not an unjustifiable trade. It's not a clear win. I just think Diggs is the best is yet to come, and I'm trying to buy low wherever I can before tonight. Really, yeah, I think he's going to go bananas tonight. And you're welcome. I appreciate your kind words. Uh, Eat powder, Vopsy. What up? Do I claim Zach Ertz or Lavisca or Melvin? Hawk is your only tight end. You need one. Uh, is by is by this week. I'm not sure. I think Ertz is an intriguing play though. Any piece of that Cardinals attack is intriguing. Uh, so yeah, I would go after that for sure. AJ Brown, Corderell, and Daryl for AB and Woods. No, I think Corderell is the real deer and he'll selling too low. Daryl gonna get you some good stuff. AJ Brown, I don't care about anymore. But you'd be selling way too low. I think you get more uh, for those names and for those guys. I have Kamara, Swift, Hendo at running back. More, Ruggs, Marvin Jones. Oh, so you're explaining the context of the trade. You do have good running backs here. Um, I just think you can do better. I think you can get more for what you're doing here. I do like the move, though, to go get some receivers. But you can get better than that. You would be singing a different tune. Yeah. But guess what, Mike? <laughs> Did he hit him for that walk in TD? Nope. And that's part of the concern is Fields is not seeing the field. He's not delivering these easy gimme touchdowns that he should be. That's part of the rub. That's part of the reason. Of course, that'd be, that's the type of analysis. Well, this guy didn't have a 70-yard touchdown. He'd be only the running back 29 this week. It didn't happen. It did or it didn't happen. It didn't. And it's not. It's just that's part of the concern, my dude. I, I can't get on board. I'm done with that motherfucker. I have been. I still am. I've been done for weeks. Not into it. The one thing with Robinson too is I, I talked about hate cutting him and I didn't do it yet. Everyone's like, no, package him in a trade. Nobody is lining up to get Allen Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Who out there is like, yeah, let me go buy low on this guy. Nobody wants him. I don't know get where that analysis is coming from. Whoever has Gaskin, you're going to want to play him because he'll be on your bench and he'll go off. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. Anytime he's on the bench, he's going to go off. That, that's for damn sure, uh, Denny. 12 points between Evans, Claypool, and Brown. I wouldn't be worried about them though. I'd be a little bit worried about Claypool. Why did he not do better with Juju's first game out? I don't know. But I'm not worried about Evans. This is what happens. He'll have a couple duds throughout the year, but otherwise be rock solid. Marquise Brown, a little concerned with, you know, Bateman coming in, seeing more targets right off the bat. That was a good Chargers defense, giving the second fewest points up for uh, receivers, though. I'm not worried about Evans at all. Very minimally worried about Marquise Brown. A little bit worried about Claypool, but not overly concerned about any of the three. Thin. It is thin. Running back is Zeke, Javante, Madison, and Mac. Yeah, that is thin. You are in first. Good for you. As long as Allen gets 19, don't jinx that shit. I'm going to knock on wood for you. Like He should get 19 as a lock, I'd say, but you can't just walk in assuming you're getting that. Come on now. Uh, you could just take it on the chin with the L, maybe, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I forget where that question is coming from, Mike. Uh, Parikh and Tyler for Aaron Jones and Calvin Ridley. Who's Tyler? Don't know who Tyler is. Tyler Higby? I'd probably rather the Jones and Ridley side if it's Higby. Oh, Tyler Lockett. I'd probably prefer Tyreek and Tyler Lockett. It depends on your if you're like need the immediate need the points right now. Jones and Ridley are probably the better bet because Lockett might be bench fodder for the next couple of weeks. Um, so yeah. Monster Sanders tonight. I'm going Manny for myself. Uh 
I, I prefer Manny Sanders myself. I know it's two weeks away, but when Brady's on by, I'm looking at Cousins, Ravens, Burrow, Browns, or Tua. Look at you, Robert Meadow, getting all ahead. I kind of like Tua because he gets Atlanta this week. Then he gets the Texans. I would probably stash him for now. But Burrow's like more intriguing rest of the season, too. I just don't like Cousins at the Ravens. I, I kind of like Burrow at the Browns, though. You know it'll blow up if you hit. Yeah, should I do that for the good of the fantasy community, Mike? Just cut him so that way it will uh, eventually just help out the, the league. I'll I'll sacrifice him so he can live. <laughs> sacrifice myself for uh, for all you guys. I should. I don't care at this point. I want to hate cut him. So if it helps you guys out, then even better. Yeah, exactly. Right, Mitch. I should definitely sacrifice him uh, for the sake for your guys' sake. Lock it in AB. Uh, I don't remember it. You got to give me the the details again. Uh, Wolf, enjoy the game tonight. Twin collaborate. Thank you. I will as well. I hope you enjoy the game too, brother. Question from asking about trading Madison for McKissick. Uh, I would, I would again prefer Madison in a vacuum. If you really, oh, okay, you're saying that's why you're thin running backs. I get it, but you could probably uh, start Mike. You know, you got Zeke, Javante. You can start those guys, okay? And you've got plenty of guys to toss into the flex. You do have the bye weeks. You might have to take it on the chin though. Um, I think Madison's too valuable. You might want to try to get more than McKissick, unless we find out. Gibson's going to be out for a long time. Fall on the sword. Maybe I will. I'm 0-6 in that. That's the one league. I'm doing very solid for the most part this year. That's the one league that's kicking my ass. My college buddies, McCaffrey. I have a decent amount of points, but just I can't win. So we'll see. Uh, AJ Brown, Corderell, and Daryl Williams for AB and Lockett. Now, I'd rather have Woods than Lockett. So that, that just got worse for me, Cole Pierce. Sorry. You're just not getting enough there. AJ Brown has more name value. And I think Corderell is just a flat-out monster. Um, so whoever's trying to do this deal is clearly desperate for running backs as most of us are, you can squeeze more out than this. You can do less, like give up just Daryl and AJ Brown for, for those guys. Like you could probably pull something of that nature out. Um, Charlie, what's up, brother? Great to see you. Need Tyler Bass and Bill's D to beat Manny Sanders by eight. Uh, so you have, so you're chasing eight or, like, do you have eight? I think you already have eight, so this is saying. So th- that's a good shot, but I do think Sanders could go for two long bomb touchdowns. But good good luck here. Yeah, Cowboys and Bats was crazy. This this could be a roller coaster for you, Charlie. Probably will be. I think Manny's going to go off tonight. So hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. We'll see. You got 11 money leagues. Holy shit, Eat Powder. I thought I was in a lot of leagues. You're beating me even on that front. Good stuff for you, man. Oh, yeah, I'm happy to help anytime. I appreciate you being here. And anybody else you know, that likes, those subs, uh, and the bell, so we can always be here to answer your questions. It means the world. Well, thank you guys again so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, you can find all our content at RoadStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves, some of the best writers in the business, the trade value charts, the buy low, sell high, waiver wires from my man Jimbo Slice. Like We've got a great uh, writing crew, so I'm all in. Uh, you guys got to get over there too. I do all the lives and the pods and I, I try to hit on some articles throughout the week as well. Um, the school year has kind of sapped my ability to write as much as I'd like to, but you can always find me live here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter as well at Rota street wolf. Um, and in a world full of fancy sheep guys, be the wolf. I'll answer this one for you, Cole. I would, this is damn close, but I still prefer Patterson, especially if you have the dual eligibility Patterson where you can play him at receiver and running back. I think he's just as good as AB in those types of formats. Um, But thank you again, guys, for being here. And that wolf full of fancy sheep, be the wolf.
Best of luck for everything you need tonight. Hope everybody gets your wins. And until next time, see you 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday all week. Later, Wolf, Wolfpack. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. <laughs>